Let's pray as we stand. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would turn our eyes to Jesus, that we would look full in his wonderful face, and that the things of earth would grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Amen. Well, good evening. It's lovely to be with you. Please do keep your Bibles open at Mark chapter 1. That's page 1003 in the church Bibles. There have been hundreds of jokes made about it. It's something that everyone has experienced or will experience. It's frankly cliche. That is the question asked at the immigration desk in an airport. What is the purpose of your visit? Why have you chosen to come here? What brings you to this country? Well, the Jews that Jesus encountered in the opening passages of Mark will have probably been asking the same thing. You see, these first century Israelites had seen alleged messiahs come and go repeatedly. There were many great revolutionary leaders in the, time of, in the time of Jesus who were supposedly going to free the Israelites from the grasp of the Roman Empire and reform Israel back into the once great nation that it was in the distant days of King David and King Solomon. And inevitably, these glorious revolutions would be squashed quite quickly by the mighty Roman Empire, who took the claims just as seriously as the followers did. And so, here comes Jesus, another dime a dozen Messiah, whose movement will be quashed as soon as the Romans get even a whiff of anti-empire rhetoric. But something about this Messiah was different. Those with illnesses around this man were healed. Those who were possessed by demons were freed. And he seemed to teach a, a revolutionary philosophy with quiet but firm authority. Jesus was unlike any other messianic figure which had come before him. No other messianic figure was preaching a message on the scale of Christ. Others would emphasize, as previously mentioned, restoring Israel to her former glory. Jesus focused on all humanity, which challenged the individuals listening to it, including the Romans, rather than specific nation-states, which Rome itself would have seen as more of a threat. And this is seen again in our encounter today. Jesus meets a leper, a man who has suffered greatly. And Jesus uses this encounter to reveal something that is key to understanding him and his purpose on the earth. What is the purpose of your visit, Jesus? Let me show you, he says. But before we see the answer that Jesus gives to this question, we need to look a little bit at the religious and societal atmosphere which Jesus performed this miracle in. 
and it will explain some of the predicaments that this leper was in. You see, the Mosaic law, which is the law in the Old Testament, had regulations concerning leprosy to protect the community by which the Messiah would come, the nation by which the Messiah would come. When talking about those with leprosy, or indeed any skin disease, Leviticus says this, anyone with such a defiling disease must wear torn clothes, let their hair be unkempt, cover the lower part of their face and cry out, unclean, unclean, as long as they have the disease, they remain unclean. They must live alone. They must live outside the camp. Similarly, in the book of Numbers, God says, command the Israelites to send away from the camp anyone who has a defiling skin disease or a discharge of any kind or who is ceremonially unclean because of a dead body. Send away male and female alike. Send them outside the camp so that they will not defile their camp where I dwell among them. You see, that phrase in the Numbers passage is key, ceremonially unclean. Unclean. You hear this in the leper's request. If you are willing, you can make me clean. You even see it in Mark's retelling. Immediately, the leprosy left him and he was healed. No, he was cleansed. This is key to truly understanding this passage. Unclean here is a statement on this man's sinfulness and indeed was meant for us to reflect on our own sinfulness before God. The most important part of the Mosaic law was the system of sacrifices which paid for sin and allowed people to enjoy relationship with God, at least temporarily. This was also to remind the people that on a more permanent basis, they are all unclean, like this leper was. In many ways, this leper was experiencing both visibly and physically the spiritual separation that we all experience from God. The broken relationship that exists for all who are not in Christ. In fact, that was always the purpose of the Mosaic law, to to show how sin separates us from God and to show us our need for a saviour, a substitute. So, with the groundwork laid, we see that Jesus reveals his purpose to be three things by how he interacts with this man. He reveals to him the love of God, He gives him a glimpse of the kingdom of God and he shows that he is here to deal with his sin problem. What is the purpose of Jesus' visit? Number one, to reveal the love of God. Number two, to give a glimpse of the kingdom of God. And number three, to deal with our sin problem. So firstly... Jesus' purpose is to reveal the love of God. To reveal the love of God. Let's look at verses 40 to 41 together. A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus was indignant. He reached out his hand and touched the man. 
I am willing, he said, be clean. Now you will have noticed the word indignant. It can be quite confusing to read at first. It needs to be said that we're not entirely sure what it means. But I think that this exposes the complexity of the emotions that Jesus is feeling. Jesus is indignant towards the sin that has caused this man to suffer. So Jesus shows him remarkable compassion, loving him with the love of God. Time and again, this is what we see Jesus doing. He encounters someone in deep pain, physically, spiritually, or emotionally, and he shows them the deeper love of God usually by providing them with a cure for their particular ailment. He provides food to the hungry masses. He causes the blind to see. He provides hope for the mourning. He provides forgiveness for those who seek it. And he heals the leper. And as we approach this story, we have seen Jesus doing exactly those things. This man is not the first to receive the love of God in such a deep and meaningful way. On the topic of compassion and Jesus' compassion, there's another point in the Gospels where Jesus is said to be so moved with compassion for the town that he's passing that he cannot stop himself from entering the town to heal people. Such is the abounding love of Christ. In his book, Gentle and Lowly, Dane Ortland, when writing about the equivalent passage in Matthew, says, the word will in both the leper's request and in Jesus' answer is the Greek word for wish or desire. The leper was asking about Jesus' deepest desire. And Jesus revealed his deepest desire by healing him. And what is this deepest desire? To show this leper the love of God. And that is his desire for his interactions with us. He longs to show us his heart today. For those of us who belong to him, we have immediate access to the heart of the Son, which overflows with love and compassion for us. A heart willing to sacrifice everything for us a heart longing for us to live life at its most abundant in full relationship with God. For that reason, he intercedes for us and makes the full Godhead fully accessible. We can run to him from sin before and after our indulgence in it. His arms are always wide open. Christ longs to embrace you in them. And all we must do is allow for it. And by his love, he seeks to give us a glimpse of the kingdom of God. His purpose is to give us a glimpse of the kingdom of God. Let's read verses 40 to 42 together. A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, if you are willing, 
you can make me clean. Jesus was indignant. He reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. Jesus is willing and the man is healed. But before that, Jesus is indignant. Now, as I said previously, this to me is an, an, an uh, excuse me is an additional emotion to his compassion. You are probably wondering how this is the case, and it's all to do with the direction of the indignation. Jesus shows the man compassion, but the indignation is towards the sinful circumstances that this man faces. Not that his own sin caused his leprosy, but that the background hum of sin caused him to suffer with his leprosy and suffer because of his leprosy. He is suffering with his leprosy in the first place because of the sin of our first parents when they actively disobeyed God in the beginning. This skin disease that he had was a direct result of that original rebellion. And when humanity rebelled, the rest of creation rebelled with them. Disease began to attack the human body and leprosy became real. Having experienced intense pain for his whole life, this man will have been in agony and experienced further agony by his separation from the, from the religious community of the day. But in the context of the whole chapter, Jesus has the authority to declare something or, more importantly, someone as clean. There have already been many occasions where Jesus expels unclean spirits from those suffering under their influence. Jesus has authority over what is and isn't clean. This man was declared clean and was clean in an instant. Verse 42, immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. He could enter the temple courts and could worship in the Jewish community once again and by it enjoy restored communion with God, at least on the temporary basis that the Mosaic law allowed. Sin had seeped into everything around this man and it was causing him to suffer greatly. So Jesus shows the love of God to him by healing his diseased skin and cleaning him which then showed a glimpse of the kingdom of God. You see, the kingdom of God will have no death or disease, but more importantly, this is precisely because of our restored relationship with God. Jesus' arrival and ministry on earth broke through a kind of glass ceiling which had formed due to, the, due to sinful mankind, and then these visions of the kingdom seeped through the resulting fault lines. As demons are banished, diseases are healed, and those deemed unclean made clean, we see a shadow of what is to come in the new creation. The kingdom of God is coming. The kingdom of God 
It's coming soon. In fact, as Jesus says in verse 15 of chapter 1, the kingdom of God has come near. What was once a distant pipe dream is invading enemy territory, seeking to liberate its citizens from the clutches of sin. And not only was its source completely unexpected at the time, with the people expecting a warlord figure, they also would have been surprised by how the kingdom seeped through. They expected battles with a mighty conqueror who would dwarf the might of Rome. But this is why Jesus came, to show us what it will be like when we see the kingdom in all of its fullness. To show us that there will be no disease, no mourning, no death. God is outpouring his love by sending his son to show us what the bliss of the new creation will be like. He is showing us this so that we can see what life will be like without sin. That we, though unclean sinners, can now enter God's presence and relate to him as father rather than judge for the first time. We can experience this relationship which we were always meant to have. I wonder how often do you or I long for our eternal home by our Savior's side? There are many wonderful and pleasant things in this world because God made it good. But the reality of what we have done to it and how that has affected our experience, I'm sure it's not lost on us. But we have a great hope to look forward to, seeing the fruits of it in the, in the internal presence of God. But we have to get there first, which leads us to Christ's main purpose, to deal with our sin problem. To deal with our sin problem. Let's read the whole passage again. A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus was indignant. He reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately, the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. See that you don't tell this to anyone, but go. Show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Instead, he went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. Yet the people still came to him from everywhere. To those who have read of Jesus' miracles before, this ending will sound very familiar indeed. Jesus performs a miracle, tells the person that he healed to not tell anyone, and then that person proceeds to tell everyone they know as well as their mothers. The main reason for this seems to be that Jesus would like to reveal his godhood gradually rather than cause a stir. But I want to offer a second reason in light of chapter 1, 35 to 39, that reads, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, 
and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else, to the nearby villages, so that I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. Notice verse 38. Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so that I can preach there also. That is why I have come. Why did Jesus come? To preach. And what did he come to preach? It's right there in the first words that he speaks in Mark's gospel. Verse 15 again reads, The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Repent and believe the gospel. Repent and come to God. The way to him has been opened. I think that Jesus at the end of this encounter was wanting to concentrate on his true purpose of dealing with sin rather than simply becoming some sort of genie for the people. And he was emphasizing this to this man. He tells him to go and offer the sacrifices in the law as a testimony of his being made clean. And this comes back to the original reason of Jesus not wanting to, to cause a stir. His time had not yet come to die. But he was going to die. Now was not the time. But Jesus is still displaying complete control over when he would die. Because he needed to die. On many occasions, Jesus talks explicitly about his purpose on earth being to die. His purpose is to preach the repentance of sins, to bring us back to the presence of God, and then his blood becomes the gateway by which we can enter and be his children again. His blood cleanses us of all our sins, not just on a temporary basis, but on a permanent one. Now, not only the leper, but we can also be cleansed. Our sins can be washed clean. And we can stand boldly in the presence of the most holy God, clothed in the righteousness of Christ himself in our place. Now the kingdom of God is ours because of the outpouring of love that God gives to deal with our sin problem. As City of Light wrote, now the curse, it has been broken. Jesus paid the price for me, full the pardon he has offered. Great the welcome that I receive. Boldly I approach my Father, clothed in Jesus' righteousness. There is no more guilt to carry. It was finished upon that cross. Friends, the work of the cross is final. It is finished was the final cry of Jesus. He didn't save you from some of your sins. He saved you from all of them so that we could see and experience the kingdom of God in full 
so that we can finally have the relationship with our God that we were always meant to have. What we need to do now is follow Jesus' instructions and repent and believe. We need to turn from our sin and follow God. All that we are really doing is acknowledging who we are as sinful people and acknowledging who God is as righteous judge. We are acknowledging that we are a sinful people before a holy God and acknowledging that this holy God made a way for us to be reconciled and restored to true and right relationship with him. I wonder, have you taken this offer? Have you seen this love and this wonderful kingdom and have you acknowledged that we can't get there without God sending his son. This truth is life-changing and not always easy to follow, but God promises to be with you through it and promises eternal bliss at the end. Let's pray. Come now, let us settle the matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can approach you by by the blood of the Lamb. We thank you that though our sins are like scarlet, you have made them white as snow. Though, you are, though they are as red as crimson, you have made them like wool. We pray that we would not forget that the main purpose of Christ's coming was to die for us. We pray that you would help us to repent and believe the good news. And we, prepare, we pray that you would fix our eyes on eternity with Christ. For whose glory we pray. Amen.